Hello, and welcome to the Ecom Ops Podcast. We believe that there is more than enough content focused on e-commerce marketing and not enough content celebrating the real heroes of e-commerce, those running the operation. Each week, we find and interview an e-commerce operations expert to share the secrets behind how some of this industry's most exciting businesses are run. And now, your host, Norbert Strapler, the CEO of Sync Spider. Hello and welcome to the Ecom Ops podcast of SyncSpada. My name is Norbert, I'm your host, and today I'm talking to Isabel Agard from LastSwap. Hey, Isabel. Hi. Hi, great to have you here. Thanks for being my interview partner today. Um, Isabel, tell us a bit about yourself. Uh, yes, and thank you for having me. Um, sure. Well, uh, I am one out of the three founders of Last Swap, uh, which now is uh, under the brand Last Object because we've created um, an, an array or a series of different products now. So, um, but our first product, Last Swap, uh, is a reusable Q-tip. So, and this is uh, what we aim to to create in general is reusable objects that replace single use. Um, so uh, so that's, uh, that's actually us. <laughs> that's cool. It's a great concept in this world to, to lower the waste, right? Exactly, exactly. Thing. Yeah. And, and how did you first get into e-commerce? Well, first, um, we actually, um, we're three designers and mm -hmm. we had, we really wanted to create a product that made a difference that was uh, something else than than we had done i'm from the medical industry and the boys have done a lot of different um, products for kitchens and bathrooms and, and normal what you would see as like normal design and so i think our idea uh, came because we got an idea of creating another kind of product and this is how last swab kind of emerged We then put it on Kickstarter in the beginning um, and we're very surprised of, uh, of the response. Uh, a lot of people felt that that was actually a product that they also um, needed and, and they could see that they could really do make a huge difference in consumption of single-use Q-tips. So when after Kickstarter, we went on Indiegogo And after that, we could see we needed to do a web shop and we needed to really set this up. And, uh, and that's, um, so I think it, it took a baby five months and then we, were, we had a Shopify up and running. That's perfect. And this was this perfect uh, for the next question. What, what's your current e-com stack? So what, what are you using? Yes, yeah, so we, um, we use Shopify yeah. and, um, and then we have Scubana. And MailChimp is also really, really well integrated to our setup. And we use HubSpot for B2B because we saw that a lot of um, stores, zero waste stores and bigger chains um, contacted us and we needed a solution that could kind of cater to them. So we use uh, HubSpot for that. And we also use Sapia and, mm -hmm. and Google Suites. So everything okay, cool. is kind of merged and we've tried different things out and we're still changing up. Um, because for us, it's really about creating this really nice stack that can automize um, the whole process. 
Absolutely. Yeah, that's that's even uh, perfect if you have set up everything and automizing is uh, the key so to grow. Absolutely. Um, do you do you sell on, on any other platforms? So we just started up with Amazon, actually. It's mm -hmm. taken a while. Um, we got on to because also Amazon is in different countries um, at this point. And of course, the U.S., because the U.S. is, is the, a market that we're really hitting well right now. Um, but we got actually France and Europe and um, and Asia on Shopify quite quick. Um, but it is it is slowly but surely uh, getting on. Uh, yeah. yeah, Amazon. <laughs> can can you can you already tell us about about the percentage? What what do you sell? Uh, what platforms and what do you sell on your own store? Well, right now it's actually quite low. It it's maybe under five percent, but we have an aim that it's going to be much higher than our actual sales uh, already this year on um, on these platforms. Uh, we've just been growing slowly toward that, and we have a really good setup with distributors. So they're about 40% of our sales. And then our own website is about 60. Um, so, so they're taking maybe, yeah, 5% of the 60. Um, but I think that's going to change drastically. Yeah. Yeah. As soon as you grow on this, uh, on the marketplaces and you get some visibility, um, this is typically a, a, a game changer. Um, For, for a product like yours. Um, and uh, do you have um, a specific person in your company that is uh, dedicated to run those operations? We actually have a few. Um, we're still, we're like, we're still this uh, three people, and we're actually five people now in the, mm -hmm. like, in the small team. But um, our dream has always been not to create a huge company with you know, 200 um, employees. So we're keeping it low and then we actually are outsourcing and having different freelancers do different things. So actually we have around six different freelancers that are doing specific things um, on the platform, but then they're also really dedicated and really, really uh, good at what they're doing because it's so specific. So we have somebody who's working on MailChimp, tagging everything, automating everything around it. We have somebody who is working on mostly only HubSpot and um, our CEO uh, optimization. And so all of these things are actually different people. Especially for, for a product like uh, LastSwap, um, um, it, it, as, as it is um, even in the name to be the last swap, um, do, you, do you have any, any um, uh, yeah, cross sales here or uh, any, any products or um, services that you provide on addition to the product? We are, and this is actually also our plan the next couple of years, we are creating different products that yeah. are aiming to, to cater to some of the same, or the same customer group, you could say, because mm -hmm. it is eliminating single use items. So this yeah. is our main focus. So, uh, for example, we just uh, we're just uh, finished launching Last Tissue, which is um, a more modern take on the handkerchief in a sense. Okay, cool. And and uh, and 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 then we also have a new product coming up this summer. We're still moving around in the in the 
what do you you can call like a bathroom department um and uh, and until now it's been you know your wax and buggers but we are moving outside of that realm too um but it's still a really fun so i think that the all the products that we're creating right now um many of we can see of course that many of the same customers want the same products um but until now on our web shop at least and we've actually only done uh, our last swap which has two different versions and a lot of colors but what usually happens is that people actually because it's a it's a relatively uh, cheap gift a lot of our customers are actually buying maybe four to five of them to give to family and friends so yeah, so we are uh-huh. people are coming back but not to get a new one because it is the last one <laughs> <laughs> that's cool and uh what do you currently do to ensure that your customers have um an awesome experience across all your channels and and uh, uh and the entire setup we have quite quite actually very quickly after we launched the first kickstarter we saw that a customer service is something that we need to be so good at because a lot of people um actually reach out and before you get a you know the product and after and there's so many things and also starting up where it's so good to have a really really good voice out so um so we have two amazing girls who are doing an amazing job at that customer support and at figuring out and also getting back to us and saying well actually we're getting a lot of questions about this or a lot of the swaps have this error and then we're constantly trying to improve the overall experience that said we're also doing a lot of things uh, for example with newsletters where we're trying to explain the story better we're trying to uh, involve our customers in in choosing the next products choosing the next colors so so there because the community around and zero waste is amazing and it's it's so involving so the more we can involve um, our customers in the design decisions the better everything gets design rules so if you have a really good looking product it's much more easier to sell than uh, you have a good product that is maybe not the the best packaging or the best uh, design so this is yeah the you see it also for the for the for the food industry so if you have um let's say compare a red bull uh, to any other energy drink so it's all about the branding um and the the packaging absolutely um and uh, did you have any significant downtime or disruptions of your service um, um, in, in your career where the stack broken or something like this? No, no, nothing, nothing specifically. Um, I think a lot of the things there's also, I would say the only like disruption is more of a startup phase, you know, when you, Mm -hmm. when you're trying to integrate a new, um, a, a, a new program to your setup Uh, there can be a lot of overlays that don't work and especially with fulfillment services but um but it's it's almost mostly in the beginning phase Uh, we we haven't had something that's like in the middle of everything if we give you know if we have a new product of course that has to but it's been quite smoothly i can't really point at anything um significantly 
Yeah, it's always if if you have uh, if you have pressure to do something, then it's always getting very very stressful. Uh, and if you see it relaxed and you have time and time to innovate, then I think it's always uh, easier. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and we, we talked a bit about automation. Uh, what role does automation play in your company? It plays a huge role with the way that we want to um, create and, and build this company. Automation is the key. Uh, we need to be able to automate as much as possible, but with still keeping this sense of close communication with our customers. So it's like a, it's kind of a dance, but, but everything system wise and everything that nothing has to be updated constantly we need to everything that we do i would rather not do it than have somebody have to sit on it so we actually had a funnel in the beginning um, where we started out where we kind of went down and we said okay well we have this problem can we automate it or not and if you can't automate it okay well can we get a freelancer to use less than three hours a week on it <laughs> then it's like, uh, yes or no. If no, then, okay, is it something that's really important that we put, you know, that we take into consideration in the team? And if it's not, then we don't do it. Okay. So we actually don't introduce a lot of different things to our company because we need to have a huge, a very high level of automization. Yeah, okay. I understand it's a, um, yeah, it's a good idea to to and a and a, and a good concept to um, to decide things, uh, and I, I like the the idea to be honest with the uh, can a freelancer do it in three uh, three hours a week or not, and then uh, proceed with 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 um, the the planning. That's nice. Um, is is there anything that your dev uh, your 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 ops team is focused in the next twelve months? I think we're we're very focused on on this on on smoothly creating because everything is you know everything you can't do everything overnight and we've been we've been in business now for about a little bit over a year so i think that a lot of these things by automating and creating this machine that runs our business has been something that we have been very focused on but we will continue to be um, because this is where we can go from, for example, today we have a hundred orders a day, but we need to have a thousand and we need our systems to be able to handle that. Um, so a lot of the things that we see that we need personal contact or that we need to go into check or that can break has to be very, very smooth. Um, so I would say that our focus is probably in warehouses and the seamless order fulfillment so that this is something that's very steady for us. Um, because we need to have this growing, but not the team behind. Okay, got it. And what? Um, how, how do you currently ship? So, what is what is your uh, philosophy? Do you package the goods yourself and send it yourself, or do you have the warehouses across the world? We have we have three different warehouses. We're very mm -hmm. um, because of of course of course the the mission and the vision of our company. We're very CO2 and focused. So what we did from the start, we haven't sent anything out from our offices in, in at all. Um, so we set up a warehouse um, deal in Asia, in Europe, 
and in the US. And the US is still working really well. We've, we've changed the one in, in Asia, but just to a different place. And we had someone in the, the Netherlands, but now we're actually moving it into Denmark because we're starting up production in Denmark. So we wanted the shipment facility house or the, the, sh- the shipment and the, the production to be really close to each other. And now they're only a city, city away from each other. And this is also just to ensure that our carbon footprint is as low as possible for, for, for our products. Um, and then everything else is shipped by boat um, and uh-huh. is much better uh, distributed in uh-huh. that sense. That's interesting. And how do you um, do you give those uh, warehouses the details of the orders? Is there any automation in process, or do they just get the emails and copy and paste? Ev- <laughs> no, everything is automated. Um, yeah, yeah, definitely. Yeah, because as I said, um, for the last half year, we've had a hundred orders a day. So yeah. everything from the get go had to be very automated for us to be able to. Meet how do you how do you automate this at the moment how, do you have api access to shopify or do you send lists or what what do you do to make these automations it's different from um, warehouse to warehouse yeah. mm-hmm. and they have different systems so but most of them integrate def- directly into um, shopify Okay. Um, so cool. sometimes you need an app to to be the middleman, but uh-huh. um, more or less everything has been quite smooth in that sense. But we've also we've chosen warehouses that have that integration because we knew we were not going to switch our Shopify um, account out, and uh, and this was like this was a very 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 important step that there couldn't go there um, errors in shipment and in handle um, and fees are just like awful because they go and they put a lot of pressure on your customer service part of your company and and also they make uh, very unhappy customers in general so (laughs) it's very important for us to have this very smooth and and working yeah that's interesting yeah um last question um who has taught you most about e-commerce in your career taught us most about it i think that uh <laughs> i think that uh, google i would say has taught me <laughs> most about everything i am amazed in every time we we start um actually in the beginning we we read a lot of blog posts and a lot of mm-hmm. different um really amazing and heard a lot of podcasts with some some people who had set up some very interesting business um business structures And because we knew what we wanted to do with our business structure, being few people and automating most of our business, it was very, very important for us to really understand how we could kind of create this. So I have more or less, I've never, my my brother, who's also a co-founder, he's gone to business school. I don't think that he's used anything from that. More or less everything that we know about e-commerce has been Googling every single step of how do you get this to work and then changing up, you know, trying to trying something out yourself and then being able to say, you know what, that was actually a bad decision. We're not going to go further with this shipment house and like taking the headache of two months of, of, of trying to shift it over to another warehouse. And I think that that's very important that you test things out, but also that you just really really research a lot a lot of yeah there's there's a lot of information (laughs) 
Try and error. <laughs> yes. Yeah, absolutely. That's cool. Thanks so much, Isabel, for being with me today. Um, it was really uh, great to learn again um, how you build a company um, and you grow within a year to so many orders. So it's an, it's really a, a, a nice uh, nice steps that you've taken. Um, thank you very much. Thank you. Thank you Good for luck. having Good me. Good luck with Last Swap and Last Object and all the products that you bring. It's really cool to have um, yeah, products that are uh, for, for a long time and not wasting uh, so much. Thank you. Exactly. Thank you so much for having me. And that's it for this episode of the Ecom Ops Podcast. If you enjoyed listening and would like us to find and interview more e-commerce operations experts, please search for Ecom Ops Podcast in your favorite podcast listening app and then subscribe, rate, and review. Until next time.